Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code REDBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. Hey there, you big old gigantic American voter, you. It is Holy Smokes Catholic Review, Father Scott, along with Tony. So Tony will be here in a little bit. Um, No will tonight because of the uh, weather conditions. It snowed last night, and uh, so the roads might be a little wet, even though, you know, this is New Mexico. If it snows five, six, seven inches, the sun comes out within a half hour. It's all melted, so the roads are crystal clear, but, you know. So, uh, Will, yeah, no, he's not going to make it, but Tony is, and I'm here. And, uh, yeah, so on Saturday I played golf. It was 80 degrees on Saturday. On Sunday it was 75. On Monday, which was yesterday, 28 and 8 inches of snow. Actually, um, I think it was like a foot because I measured a foot in my backyard. So, yeah, a foot of snow. And uh, so it's supposed to snow like tonight maybe. But uh, then, so today is Tuesday, a week, by the way, from uh, the election. So then, um, and this is like your weather update, okay? So um, let's see, tomorrow, probably in the 40s, and then by Thursday, back up into the 50s, and then upper 50s, and then by Sunday, back up into the high 60s. So yeah, so any case, we got a big old blast of snow, which is cool, looks pretty, uh, and it's already disappearing. Because again... This is New Mexico. Sun comes out. You know, we don't even have a snowplow. We don't own a snowplow. We have one snowplow, I think, uh, in this city, and it is called the sun. Now, up in the mountains where they get lots of snow, okay, it's a different story. But down here in the real Grand Valley, <laughs> the sun is our, our snowplow. Okay, so uh, going to do a game show. Uh, I believe we have somewhat of a cigar review even though I gave them up until after the election, which is a week away. So just a reminder to get registered if you're not, and definitely vote. So go vote. It's your uh, duty. It's your civil duty to vote, okay? Very important. Okay, so uh, Tony and I will be talking about something. I don't know what. Maybe we're going to address the Pope's... The Pope's... (laughs) The uh, Pope's um, recent... um, Yeah, I don't know what to call it. Actually, it's a comment that he made uh, sometime like a year ago or something and just now getting picked up and has to do with same-sex marriage. Maybe we'll talk about that um, and some other stuff. All right, so uh, I say we just dive right into the gospel for the 30th Sunday of Ordinary Time. And um, so here it is. It is from Matthew 22, uh, 34 through 40. Okay, so when the Pharisees heard that Jesus was or had been silenced by the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? 
He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love the Lord your God, or you shall love your neighbor, that is, as yourself. Boy, I botched that up. So you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. There you have it. That's the uh, gospel from the 30th Sunday Ordinary Time, Matthew 22, uh, 34 through 40. Okay. All right. So our Lord speaks to us today about love. Okay. Love of, of God, love of neighbor. We must love the Lord, our God, with all our hearts, minds, soul, and all our strength. And we must love each other because Jesus tells us to love neighbor. All right. And uh, by the way, there was another person who asked our Lord once, well, uh, exactly who is my neighbor? Because, you know, when when uh, I think of neighbor or when you think of neighbor, perhaps you you think of the guy that lives next door who is a great guy who who invites you over for a beer on occasion. Okay, that's your neighbor or Maybe it's your best friend or your friends. Those are my neighbors, uh, the people you work with, you know, who, who you love to work with. And they're all great people. Okay, well, who is my neighbor? Well, Jesus tells us the stranger is the neighbor. Okay, also the enemy. What? Yeah, it's true. The enemy. And Jesus says, our Lord tells us that we must love our enemies and pray for them. Yeah, tall order, but it's a commandment, okay? Love your neighbor. That's our neighbor, okay? Even the enemy, okay? So listen, St. Paul, and you know, we have this crazy divide uh, today, um, political divide, and our political divide today is such that it's actually causing marriages to break down or friendships to break up. I've seen it happen, okay? So um, this crazy divide. And, uh, then there's, we all know there's violence in the streets. Um, yeah. People burning down buildings and just a lot of anger and hatred and prejudice and so on. Okay. Well, Paul tells us that our battle is not against flesh and blood, But our battle, and when I say our, it's, well, we're the church, okay? We're the church. We're not members of Antifa. We're the church, okay? Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. You know the answer to this, okay? You know. You've heard this before. Okay, so our battle is against Satan and his fellow fallen angels. That's our battle, okay? And how do we do battle? Well, we do so prayerfully. Okay, so look, again, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Now, listen, so last week I spoke to you about truth. If you listened to this podcast last week or if you were at the mass that I celebrated, the truth is a person because God is truth. God is a person and he is truth and he is the author of truth and he spoke his truth and that truth that he spoke is a person, another person, second person of the Trinity, and his name is Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the spoken truth, and Jesus spoke the truth. He taught the truth. He preached the truth. And then he instructed his disciples to go out into the world to teach that same truth. 
Now, if there's a truth and the truth is a person, there is also an anti-truth. And again, we all know who it is. It is the devil or Satan or Beelzebub and his fallen angels. That's the anti-truth. The Lord said of him, he is a father. He is the father of lies, not a father, but the father of lies. And you know what? The devil is very crafty, isn't he? He can disguise himself as an angel of light. You know what he often does? He'll speak 99 words of truth. And that last word is either a half truth or a lie. And we see him working through groups like, let's say, the New Age movement. You know, the New Age movement, they're all about peace, love, harmony. Oh, it sounds so good. And who can disagree? We all want peace. We love love and harmony. We want that. But read on. Keep listening. And at some point, you're going to go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Okay, so the devil... All right. Working through and it's 99 words of truth. And then he starts slipping in those little lies or half truths. Okay. So he is the anti-truth. So in today's gospel, we just heard it. Jesus speaks to us about love of God and love of neighbor. Now you, you know this, that God took, or Jesus took all 10 and Jesus is God. So Jesus took the 10 commandments and remember the first three commandments of the 10, the first three are concerned with our relationship with the living God. The last seven are concerned with our relationships with each other. So Jesus took all 10 and condensed them down into two, love of God and love of neighbor. Okay, so Jesus is love. God is love. God is the author of love. We could not love if not for God. And the reason we have the ability to love is because of God. We are created in the image and likeness of God. Therefore, we know how to love. Okay, so God is a person. Jesus is a person. Jesus is God. So if God is love, then Jesus is love. You see, now, if this is the case, then there is an anti-love, and it's that same devil and his fallen angels. Okay, so all the craziness you see in this world today, and it goes back to the time of Adam and Eve. Remember, Adam and Eve lived in peace and harmony, and in agreement until after the fall, once the fall happened, then suddenly they were malicious towards each other. Okay, so this goes back to the time of, way back to the beginning, the time of Adam and Eve, our original parents. Okay, and it's the case throughout history, it's the case certainly today in our political divide. And you, again, you you watch the news, you see the riots in the streets and People burning down buildings and the hatred and, oh, it's a mess. All right. Now, listen, there's a force behind it all. Okay. And it is the devil. And people choose this. Remember something. Adam and Eve did not. Well, they were tempted. The devil didn't make them fall to sin. Adam could have said no. Eve could have said, hey, you beat it. Get out of here. Okay. So the devil, all he can do is tempt. So he tempts us and, you know, we choose to sin. So uh, if we choose to love, we choose. If we choose not to, then it's our choice. The devil doesn't make us do it, but he's there to tempt. Okay. So um, he is the right there. He's like the spark. He's like the spark. Okay. He's the guy with the lighter who lights the flame. Okay. So we do battle not with flesh and blood, but against him. The devil, the evil one, Beelzebub, and his fellow fallen angels. 
Okay, and so how do we do battle? Well, you know, we have to do battle prayerfully. So, first of all, we cling to Jesus. We we cling to Jesus, obey him, follow him, love him, worship him, adore him. Also, we hold on to the hands of the Blessed Mother, and we aid her by our prayers, okay? When we pray with her to her son, faithful reception of the sacraments, reading and, and praying with the scripture, okay? And then that great little weapon that Our Lady entrusted to us, it's called the rosary, okay? Powerful, powerful weapon against the evil one, and Our Lady calls us to pray it every day, because why? It is her weapon of choice. So we must, as she asked us to when she appeared in Fatima in 1917, and she said, pray every day the Holy Rosary. Okay, this is the way we're going to defeat the evil one. We defeat him. Actually, it's Jesus who crushes the head. But, you know, uh, our Lord and Our Lady depend on our prayers, too. Because, you know, when we pray with the Blessed Mother to Jesus, okay, we, we expedite. We, we make, we empower her and we expedite. We speed up the time of victory. And we're waiting for the, the triumph of her heart, which means the reigning of Jesus in the hearts of all the children of God. You see? Okay? So we have to pray because this is our enemy. And again, you know, when it comes to love, we choose if we're sitting around waiting for some fuzzy feeling, forget it. That's not going to happen. Oh, you expect me to have a fuzzy feeling for my enemy? Get lost. You know, come on. You kidding? So I have to decide. I have to make a choice because in that moment, okay, of temptation, I can choose. I can choose to love or I can choose to hate. I can choose to punch out or walk away. And that is the gospel for the 30th Sunday of Ordinary Time. So, Tony should be here in a second. Um, listen, I do want to mention, uh, you know, that Facebook thing, and which can, you know, be cool, I guess, and then Twitter. But, you know, I think these can be tools of the evil one because, look, on Facebook, a person will go on and say things that he or she would not say to the person's face. Okay, so I've seen it happen, even in our parish, where people who are good friends uh, turn out to be enemies because of something one says on Facebook and then post it, or, you know, the Twitter thing, and some hurtful things, and people saying hurtful things, and it's really causing more divisions. You know, uh, I know it does great damage to marriage relationships. That's uh, for sure. So, you know, if I, if I could, uh, I can't make you do stuff, but you know what? I'm not on it. I won't get on it. Uh, and you know, Hey, knock yourself out. But personally, I would never get on Facebook or Twitter. So yeah, it's just, it just does so much damage and, um, yeah. And division, ugh. Right. We see what, you know, come on. I don't have to tell you. I don't see it. You know, and I hear all about it from people. You know what somebody said or somebody posted? Can you believe this? And then somebody else posts something, a, a response to it. And then war breaks out 
and good friendships are, uh, and then guess who wins? It's like feeding the beast, the devil wins. And I mentioned last week that uh, it's these, you know, this this division or, or, you know, hatred that feeds the beast and he gets stronger. All right. So we want to be very careful. I, again, am not on it. I'll never be on it. Um, you know, you should not be on it. Again, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying I wouldn't be on it and you shouldn't either. Okay, I feel better. Tony. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tony. How's it going? Good. Hey, about that Facebook thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's called virtue signaling. (laughs) (laughs) What you just did. (laughs) You're all, this is a terrible thing, and I avoid it. (laughs) Well, there you go. I do. Um, Well, yes, you do. That might have more to do with the fact that you're old than it does that you're... So you're saying if I were young, I'd be on it? Maybe I think you might. I think that I think it's right up your alley. Actually, I think it's the only thing that uh, that is saving you from being obsessed with it is staying off of it. You're a social guy. You're a very social guy. Yeah, but not that social. Yeah, you're social enough. But I'm, I'm I social. I don't I'm, know if you're I'm, social media no, social, but I'm not social, social media social. I'm a regular social kind of person. Yeah. So well, I like to be in the room with the just, people. All I'm saying is the Lord knew what he was doing when he created you not to be young enough to enjoy social media because yeah. you'd probably just be a big fat mess like all the other people yeah, who get that's, into and, it. And that's part of my point. Everybody, it's a big mess. People get on it and it destroys friendships and relationships yeah. and it's a mess. You know, and here's, so the Lord saves me by making me old too, by the way. I'm not as old yeah. as you are, but I'm, no, old. I, I'm older. And uh, never mind the fact that Facebook is just kind of an old person's thing. So that's what the kids say. The the 20-somethings, the millennials, people like Will would be like scoffing at us. Be at, like, what? You guys are even concerned about being on Facebook? Come on. Now, there's other social medias like Instagram and and Twitter. Twitter? Twitter? <laughs> and I see that's how good I am. I don't even know what they're called. Uh, Snap face, Snapbook, Snapchat. I, I, I couldn't tell something. you. Anyway, I couldn't tell you. So there's, and there's even more coming out. And then there's this whole wave of like TikTok. I don't know if that's social media. That's, I don't know what the heck that is. I think it's something to do with videos and the Chinese control or something like that. Well, anyway, it's Chinese mental control. Yeah. Well, they do say that there, it, it was actually data mining. I still think they are. I know they've been sold off. At least portions of it have been sold off to other companies but that's neither here nor there okay but you so know back what? to the social by, media by, by thing. the way when you when you post something on like say uh, uh, the google if i send yeah. you a text yeah they own it yeah you don't own it they don't it's yeah. not everything's saved and they own it yeah no absolutely and that's i think that's the scary part about all of it well i mean there is and there is a lot of news out there if you you know care to to get into it um about the role of big tech big mm-hmm. tech companies and facebook's mm-hmm. a big tech company mm-hmm and the way that they're manipulating our data, manipulating the um, manipulating the news, manipulating what we see, what we don't see, and that's what's crazy is because like you're everyone's so tied into the internet these days. Who knew that we would that ever this would ever happen? Not when we were kids. Neither you nor myself would ever have guessed. Um, no, but if when we were kids, know. we were told there'll one day be a company that knows everything about you, where you're yeah. at, what you're doing, well, what you like, your hobbies and so on, and where you're at at every moment of the day, well, that would have scared the hell out of well, us. Well, here's the thing is, you know, the, the social media does that in the internet, but also t- television, television these days, right, is just as biased and it, and it continues to have an agenda and, and it lets you see what it wants, what, what the producers of the television shows want you to see the commercials, the perspectives, the political opinions, like it's all geared towards their own particular choosing, right? There's no, there's no such thing as a non-biased 
information these days, unless you can find some hole in the internet where you're able to, you know, and, and hopefully pray God, there's some even uh, maybe Catholic outlets that you try to be, remain unbiased. But I think even they kind of like run the, mm. run the risk of being um, biased. Right. So I don't know if non-biased information is such a thing anymore. Well, all that being said, I agree with you about the turmoil that it causes. I think the social media platforms, including the Facebooks, um, in my experience, cause I am on it, um, just creates more angst and anxiety in life. Like I, I, you know, do a lot better emotionally, mentally, and otherwise when I'm just not exposing myself to it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I've, I've stopped really plugging into it. It used to be, you know, a daily thing. Cause it, what happens is the whole platform of it, if you know, for anybody who's not familiar is that you, you're tied into a number of friends, the people, you know, in real life, and you're seeing things that they're posting, you know, updates on their life. And it's a good way of like, you know, you don't, you're not having to like call all these friends personally, one on one, you know, you would never be able to make this many phone calls in a day to find out what everybody's up to. So it's kind of an interest, you know, interesting curiosity, but the problem is Facebook world and social media world in general, uh, presents a very non-realistic reality. If that makes any sense, it, it, when you're just seeing the snippets that they're proud enough to post, you're not seeing the entirety of their life. So their life can, a lot of these people's lives can look a lot better than they really are. And no, and it's just like, you know, polite conversation. You never talk about what's really going on. Hmm. And you're not expected to either, you know, like when you ask somebody, Hey man, how are you doing? It, you don't usually expect, Oh man, let me tell you about the whole month that I've had. <laughs> like, I'm not, I didn't want to know that. I just wanted to know your current mood, but th- that, you know, so, but what happens is you, you, you tap into it the way that it's all set up. It, it's not a good, I don't think it's a great, it's certainly not perfect. And I don't think it's even a great uh, methodology. I'd like to see, you know, if it's going to continue that it become, um, I don't know if it can be it's virtual world. As we've mentioned on this podcast before, virtual world is not real world and virtual world leaves us wanting. Absolutely. And so look, the uh, political debate, okay, you're with your friend, you, you disagree, you talk it out, you debate, you, you know, you might argue for a little bit, but then you work it out. Right. And then you, afterwards you, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I yelled at you. And then you, Hopefully. right. And then you drink a beer together. So in the case Hopefully. of the Facebook, you say something nasty. That person says something nasty back. He yeah. befriends you. You're not there to talk it out. Yeah. And then you don't talk to each other for months and months and months. Yeah, no, true. Yeah. I think it's playing. It's clearly playing on something in our human psyche. That's not healthy. Mm. That is yeah. pro- that is a fallen aspect because anything that leads to division, I was talking to somebody the other night, anything that leads to division is not of God. And I'm not it's here talking, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about of, like, it's of is, the devil, it's of go. the evil one, right? Like, that's so what I just, it, I was mentioning during yeah. the, uh, the uh, part of the yeah. podcast we have to do with the gospel. And, and look, I don't, I mean, did the devil himself create Facebook or any of these other social media platforms? No, no but he can manipulate them. He can use them and he can, mm-hmm. it can make sure that we're using them the wrong way. It's just like our cell phones and anything else, our televisions, radios, you name it, any other form of technology that we're not careful of how we use it. Right. The devil can also manipulate it so that it becomes something that's not healthy for us. That's right. So we just have to become disciplined. It's not that technology itself is bad. No, obviously. And the idea of it is very good, absolutely. you know, bring people together, meet up with yeah. old friends. Right. Yeah, but, absolutely. And, and so those are all good aspects. But, but like everything we, else, it becomes a, a something to be abused and misused. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I think it's much in it. You know, the it seems like the more complicated the technology, the 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 um, the finer the points of misuse. So, like, right. if you just take a blunt object, let's say, like, you know, primitively, you have a rock and you want to use it to pound this stake, this wooden stake, into the ground. I'm thinking about like, you know, long time ago, <laughs> right? It's a long time ago. Somebody has a very primitive hammer. A big old rock and, mm. and the, you know, an object stake. to pound, a wooden Piece stake. Piece of wood, and, and stick. They're using this this hammer, this primitive hammer. So there's, okay, yeah, you could take that rock and hit somebody else, you know, over the head with it, right? That'd mm-hmm. be misusing that tool, mm-hmm. that technology. Right. Right. Um, or you can throw it through the window of the neighbor's house. Mr. Probably, they probably wouldn't have windows. Well, no, but I mean not like well, glass windows. No, but to like the but you the know like, roof or so something. Mr. Flintstone come out and be, yeah. or, you know hit him in the head or whatever. Absolutely. So you can misuse that technology, but it's pretty simple misuse, right? It's not a complicated misuse. You'd be like, that's not how you use that primitive hammer, Igor, or whatever the guy's <laughs> name is. Maybe it's a girl. Maybe the girl named it Igor. I don't know. Anyway, you get my you get my point. The more complicated the technology, the finer the points of misuse. So the devil can kind of find more intricate ways of getting in there and misusing that that tool. There you go. So, yeah, I'm in agreement. I think I think uh, spending time away from it is absolutely critical. Right. And if it's causing you to be, if you notice that you feel worse after you've been using the yeah. social media. Yeah. Stop using it. Well, look, it's caused the 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 uh, suicide of more than one person. Oh man, don't get me started. I heard stories of like two or three suicides within yeah. the last week, and they were all stories of people that have um, gotten discouraged during this pandemic, and uh, you know, without jobs and mm-hmm. COVID, um, COVID, you know, it caused them to not have jobs and stuff like that. So, truly, I've seen some stuff on social media that does remind people that. Um, you know, you have to be careful because um, there's other concerns besides just a virus going around. That's right. You know, like the concerns of, say, our mental health. Yeah. And that's what you're pointing to when you're bringing up how our mm-hmm. mental health can be disturbed by the social media that's usage. Right. So be careful. And also, you know, be careful about the way you engage in the political realm. Remember that the political realm is just an earthly uh, pursuit. We have higher pursuits like our heavenly destiny. That's right. You know, and um, we have to remember that as much as we want, um, as much as we want our candidate to win the election, whoever that is, we should want all the more so. We should want Jesus to be to be king. Right? That's right. To be Christ. We just celebrated uh, on the traditional Catholic calendar the feast of Christ the King. No, we didn't. On the traditional calendar, um, that was this past weekend. On the traditional oh. Catholic calendar, the old Roman calendar. Yeah. On the new Roman calendar, it doesn't come until November, right before Advent, right? But right. In, the, in the old calendar, the way it was presented was was still within the liturgical year. And um, it was to also, it, it left a few weeks of the, cal- of the traditional uh, year. In other words, a few weeks left, in other words, to show that Christ the King being established should also be, should not be at the end of time, but should be at a point in time such that there is a, a reign of Christ that takes place on earth after he's established as king. And that was the idea, theologically, of establishing Christ the king on earth. Like, So, yeah, we all talk about Christ will be established as king in the heaven. Well, 
you know he wants us to establish him as king now. Well, don't we so pray that for the that? Earth, so that the hey, earth... Hey, it's part of thy kingdom come. I mean, Absolutely. we pray for that. We pray for that. We want, and we want him to reign. As much as we want anybody for president or, or you know, prime minister or wherever, whatever country we're from, we should want Christ to be king well, because even on we the want, earth we right want, now. We want something permanent. We don't want yeah. somebody just every four years. We want yeah. something and someone permanent. Yeah. And we want our king... We want, and it's true, we belong to the Spirit, and we want our kingdom uh, to be everlasting. Right. And so it is in the person of Christ. Very simple, right? Right. Now and in the future. That's right. Right. Not just in the future, but now and now in the future. And in the future. Right. Eternal. Yeah, we've talked about that before. We talked about how important it is that man follow God's law now. Yeah. Like, we, right. don't, we don't just wait to follow God's law once we get done making up our own laws, voting by democratic vote what the law ought to be. Well, we've already established that, that, uh, and it comes from Benedict, that truth is not determined by majority vote. Hello. That's right. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, okay. And, oh, I just want to mention, by the way, since we're on this, yeah. big thumbs up to Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, congratulations to her. We've talked about her already on this podcast before, but uh, now we can talk um, in a congratulatory way. That's for right. Her. You know, we, uh, I know some... Local people, and in fact, a um, friend of ours, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Emil Keeney, he's a, he's a judge or lawyer. I don't know what he is. <laughs> he was running for judge. I think he's a lawyer. Who? He's a lawyer. Here? Yeah, he works for the. He's a federal prosecutor, in fact. Well, um, come, I must not. Have well, ever, he's, he's down. He in must Al- not have any commercials on TV. He's down at. Well, no, he's down in Albuquerque, and uh, he's he's a very fine lawyer. Uh, but you prosecutor. just don't know his name. That's all. Right. Well, I know. I know his. I just mentioned his name. Um, oh, you don't know what he well, does. Anyway, uh, well, he I mean, he might for, work with Will over there at uh, Annie's uh, 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 artist, artisanal, whatever, and whatever it yeah. is, right? So, so anyway, in fact, he came up. By the way, I don't. Well, I'll get to it later. But you know, spoiler alert: Will did come up with a, a new scent. It's called pumpkin spice. Okay, so am I supposed to back laugh? to my friend? So he graduated from uh, Wait, maybe, Notre Dame. Maybe that was over my head. You know, Amy Coney Barrett. She graduated from Notre Dame. So there's there's a lot of pride and love for the Notre Dame Law School these days mm. with someone like her. Right. It'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. You know, in the future, talk of um, talk of more justices being added to the court. And Ugh. Blah, 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 well, blah. in the meantime, it's a great victory, I think. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it impacts uh, the country for the better. Hey, you want to do a game show? Do we want to do a game show? I yeah. thought we were going to talk. Are we going to talk about any other headlines? Let's, or you want to insert the game show right here? We can and then come back to the headlines. We can in, we can insert it, or should right. we wait till Will's here so we can ha- actually have a co- uh, like a you know like no no I, I want to do the I want to do the the contest. Well, it'll just be a contest to see how much I know. Okay. <laughs> But I th- but let me so we were ta- we were going to talk about the pope along along well, we these will. lines but we're we want to do that after the trivia. Yeah, we'll talk about the pope. Okay, cuz so on this along the lines of establishing um ourselves making sure that we're very clear about what is God's law and what is man's law. The pope recently came out with a statement that has confused people. Yeah. And m- made people think well, uh, that uh, and perhaps and he's uh, and it's not the first time. And it's not the first time, but we'll get to that. Okay. After the trivia, what's the trivia have to do? Okay. With? It's Bible trivia. Very okay. simple. It's just simple old and new Testament stuff. It's okay. like random stuff. Okay. Yeah. Very simple. Here we go. Number 
Number one, according to the Bible, Jonah spent three days in the belly of the what? A, well, B, crawdad, or C, fish? Did you say well or whale? Whale. Well, or dad or by the fish. way, so it's both A and C. Let me tell you why. Okay. It's not AOC, but it's A and C. <laughs> um, it's because, uh, so the, 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 the idea of a whale came about through tra- like a translation mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. So some translators, it's, it's actually the, the Latin, I think, from the Vulgate of St. Jerome in the Bible says, they refers to a big fish. Mm-hmm. And so two and two can't, you know, you put two and two together, you're thinking big fish that a man can fit inside of, yeah, what but, must that be? A whale. Well, we don't, it doesn't really say a but, whale in the Bible. But a whale is not a fish. It's a mammal. It's a mammal. But it swims in the ocean like fish. So there could be fish. I mean, like, have you ever seen... Uh, What's your favorite fish? A big old... Grouper. <laughs> yeah. Man, you could fit a family Maybe. of eight. <laughs> a family of, fate, uh, of eight could fit inside a grouper. Jonah, Jonah and the grouper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the answer I'm okay. sure you're looking for is letter A, whale. No, B or C, fish. It's A and you know, C. No, it's not B, crawdad. That's it's not, not a crawdad. It's either it's fish. A. Fish. My translation says Did fish. you really? Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. See, so most people would be like Jonah and the whale. No, it's interesting. It's okay, fish. well, either way. Either way, it's a big, big fish, mm-hmm. uh, big, big fish, the biggest fish you've ever seen. A tremendous fish. Oh, <laughs> I, now speaking I can't of fish, the... <laughs> you're going to have to tell us about your fishing trip. Yeah, we will. Let's get make sure I tell you about the the fly fishing trip I did. Number this two, number two. As we see in the book of Daniel, the three men cast into the flames were mm-hmm. who? Oh my goodness! Are you expecting me to come up with these? Yes. Oh, Shadrach, mm. Meshach, Abednego. There you go, Abednego. Yep, that's Abednego. It. Abednego. I feel like it's ne- d- it's D N E G O. It's Abednego. I don't know. I think it's ND. I, I always think it's have trouble. I yeah. always have trouble. Abednego. Uh, number three, Job lived and worked in the land of blank. Er. Oh, close. Ooze. Ooze. Not Oz. Yeah. But there, there is a land of Ur in there somewhere. Ooze. I forget where. But. Okay, number four, who was the father of Absalom? From the book of Samuel. Who was the father of Absalom? Eli? No. Oh, I don't know. David. David. It was the... What? David. Absalom, my son. Absalom, my son. David is the father of Absalom? Yeah. Not the other way around. Yeah, no. Saul. No, no. Absalom. Remember, he was the son, and he was... Son was out to get him, and he got Uh, his... And he was on the donkey, and his head got caught in the tree, and then they killed him. I, uh... Okay. Man, I can't... Why am I blanking on Don't tell me I'm wrong. No, I'm just blanking on that. I'm trying to figure out why my brain was, I think my brain was thinking, my brain was totally thinking of, no? Well, you can resolve I think I was getting, I was getting confused with Solomon. Anyway, go ahead. You can resolve this at a later time. Yep, I can, I can. Number, okay, so we're moving on to New Testament. Uh, Number five, what city is known as the Flower of Galilee? What city is known as the Flower of Galilee? Jerusalem? That wouldn't be right. Nazareth. Nazareth. Yeah. Yeah, that All makes right. sense. Along with this, number six, along with the Gospel of Luke, what other work was penned by Luke? What other work was penned by Luke? Oh, besides the Gospel of Luke, yes. the Acts of the Apostles. There you go. Very good. Yeah. 
Because they, by the way, if you, if you read, um, just a fun little thing, if you've never done this, try it out, um, read the end of Mm -hmm. the gospel of Luke Mm -hmm. and then read the beginning of acts, like Mm -hmm. do those back to back. Mm -hmm. You'll see that it flows. It completely flows. So it really could be just one big work. But what you have to do is you have to put your finger in your Bible because the book of John is between the two. Yeah. So you have to put your finger in the Bible at the end of Luke, mm-hmm. like read the last little you know, little paragraph and then have your finger at the beginning of Acts. So flip it over. As soon as you read that paragraph, flip it over, read the first paragraph of Acts. You'll see that it flows together and so, you'll be yeah. like, aha. So it could have been one big long work, right? Well, and historians, of course, have just kind of figured out that it all dates to the same time, same hand, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. This is a hard one. Last question. Number seven. What are the last nine words of the Bible? And that would be from the book of Revelation. Oh, my. Oh, my. I think I've known this before. I've heard it before. I've, I've seen it before, obviously. I think the, the, the last words the nine last nine words mm-hmm. it's the last sentence really and this is the end of the story no <laughs> and now you know <laughs> yeah. the rest of the story <laughs> paul no. harvey good, good day, day. <laughs> my daughter is so ugly it took three three days for her face to heal page two <laughs> That's outstanding. Yeah. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Oh, perfect. That's a, that's perfect, it, perfect. man. Yeah. Great. Bible good, trivia. Good, good trivia question. Yeah. I always love the Bible trivia. Yeah. Hey, that's uh, good fun. so uh, might as well, since we're on this, before we get into the Pope, yep. uh, should we do uh, just, have you smoked anything? Cause I haven't. I, uh, I did smoke a cigar when I was, that's fly good. fishing this past weekend. I didn't wasn't doing the two things at once because that's fly fishing takes a lot of focus, and you can't be like smoking and focusing on fly fishing at the same time because smoking takes a lot of focus too. Like you you're in this zone and you're really you know you're experiencing the cigar and it's a whole thing, right? So I guess so. I um, play golf while I smoke. Do you really? Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, that would kind of throw me for a loop. I think. Well, um, so the cigar. What the heck was it? <laughs> I don't know. Will knows. Will knows because I was pointed out to him, and he, I didn't have my reading glasses on, so I couldn't see the label. It was so fine. I think it was like a a drone seven thousand. I can't. No, it wasn't. Um, It was a really, it was a really nice cigar, though. I have to admit. Well, we're gonna have to wait till next week when Will is here and he can tell us what you smoked. That's right. In fact, and um, yeah, it was a really. I just was impressed by the taste and the flavor and the moisture. All right, so let's so bag. Then we're going to bag the cigar well, review, and then you can do. I tell you what, what about you? What no, you not smoked any? No, I'm waiting oh. till after the election. Okay, you know what we do. Oh, that's you right. know what we do. I'm telling you what. Here's what we do. Okay, we just skip the cigar review and we do a fishing update. Well, I already kind of gave my smoking review. I had a cigar and it was good. Yeah. That's so good. this is so this is the uh, the fly fishing update was so you went round up to number the two San Juan. Round, round number two uh, for these boys and I came along and went fly fishing with them and uh, San Juan and the San Juan River world famous it right is, below it, the dam of Navajo right below the Navajo Dam and uh, these are what they call the quality waters and about you know for about a mile south of the dam is it south I don't know just downstream south. from the dam. That, that whole section of water. And it's right on the New Mexico-Colorado border. Yeah, it's way up there. Yeah. It's three and a half hour drive. It's worth it, though, man. I, it, it's a haul, but some really great uh, places to stay up there. Well, um, some of them are shut down that right now, sadly, but um, 
Really cool place. Not a lot of visitors, of course, because of all the restrictions, which is kind of nice. Yeah, did, get, get to it. Did you catch any fish? Absolutely caught fish. Now, Saturday was a little bit of a zero. Um, got out there Friday night, too late to get in the water. Then Saturday, we got in the water. And, um, of course, you know, we're wearing the waders and everything. We're out in the water, which is what makes fly fishing so amazing. I'm really taking into the sport. Um, there's so many parts that I like. And one of it is, one of them is just, you know, getting in the water, having your waders on. And being a part of nature while you're out there. Now, the other part is that, like, as a rod real fisherman, so-called fisherman, I'm not, I'm just a person who fish. I don't really, I wouldn't call myself a fisherman quite yet. But as somebody who grew up in Indiana around lakes and, and, and ponds, fishing for bass and so forth, you just have a rod and a reel and you cast your spinner bait out there and you reel it in and mm-hmm. you or, hope you get a you bite. Wait till the, bo- the bobber bumps them yeah. up and down. <laughs> exactly. You're not, and you go days and days and days and never catch a fish. Fly fishing apparently is not like that. It is it's very active. You get where the fish are, you you cast the right fly out to them. Um, you know, a handmade fly that kind of mimics or imitates what an actual fly would look like that they would eat, and uh, and you're hitting like often. Like there, between the four of us that were fishing, there was somebody hitting every ten minutes. It's unbelievable. And, and, and of course, it's all catch and release. And you, big, there's big you, fish. You reel them in. You Big fish in those waters. Well, there are big fish. But the bigger the fish, what I've found is the bigger the fish, the uh, the more stubborn they are about fake flies. Well, because they, 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 they grow in wisdom. They do. They do grow in wisdom. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they, you know, eventually they get so big that they swallow somebody. Like Jonah and the big fish. <laughs> but, no, is that, you is know, that why William's not here? William's exactly, not here. To, he's he got, in the belly of the fish. He got swallowed by a trout, <laughs> a big old trout. Well, so zero day on Saturday. You know, the one fish I actually snagged, I literally snagged. I had a, um, there were so many trout in this particular area, apparently, um, that, or at least a slow moving trout that I, uh, I, just, I was pulling in my line for a new cast and I was pulling in my line and it snagged the fish in the side. Wow. Um, and, uh, and it, and so it's a small little hook. I mean, trout hooks are much smaller than other, uh, kind of fish hooks. And anyway, it snagged it and I pulled it in and then realized I'd snagged it. And, um, of course we use barbless hooks, so it doesn't damage the fish as much, whether it's in its mouth or in this case in the side. Um, so it was able to easily slip it out and, um, and the fish went on its happy way. So Sunday though, I was all bummed. Saturday was kind of even, you know, even though you were out there, you're with the nature, there's really nothing to be bummed about, even if you don't catch a fish, because it's so gorgeous and just like being away from the noise of the world. That's one of the big, big advantages of being, you know, into anything like this. Well, anyway, uh, but I was still bummed that I wasn't catching any fish. So Sunday went out there, said a little prayer and started fishing, went to a new spot. And what I realized I had been doing on Saturday wrong was I had thrown everything in the kitchen sink at these fish, but it was all the wrong flies. It was nothing what these fish were looking for. Mm-hmm. So I went to my buddy who fly fishes a lot. Mm-hmm. And I said, buddy, would you be willing to give me a couple of flies that, you know, work out here? Mm-hmm. You know? And of, of course he, you know, I was like, I'll pay you. And he's like, no, no, come on, man. He's got, I got tons of flies. Here you go. And they are, they do kind of add up as far as cost. Like they're $2, like sometimes they're about $2 a fly. So that can start to get expensive. So I felt bad, but it, I wasn't about to go another day not catch anything. So I borrowed a couple flies from him. As soon as I put on the first fly that he had given me um, that I didn't already, you know, hadn't used the day before, 
as soon as I cast into this new water, boom, caught a fish. Then I caught another one. Then I caught four more. So six that day. You know, if you uh, like kind of put like, you know, you put a little worm at the end of the hook. If you put a Padron 7000. You might catch a Father Scott. You're going to. Yeah, right. You catch a Father Scott. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, I'm going to try that. So, yeah, we had a good day. And then the weather started turning. Right. Uh, yeah. Sunday afternoon. Like and it was it crazy. Was, we it were, was it, 70. What was 75? I played golf. It was 75 degrees on. on it was Sunday. unbelievable. So the water was all pretty calm. Right. I mean, as far I mean, as far as moving water can be calm. And then the trees were gorgeous, all turning colors and everything. Well, the wind started blowing in the afternoon when we were wrapping up because we had to drive all the way back to Albuquerque that day. And so we were going to go ahead and get out of the water anyway. But by the time we were getting ready to get out of the water, this wind just started blowing and blowing and blowing. All the leaves came off the trees and the river was coated with with leaves. Leaves. Just in that. And those are those big cottonwood trees, you know, that. Uh, it's unbelievable. Went from, went from just beautiful kind of like fallish weather to just this crazy storm front with all the leaves coming off the trees and landing in the river. So yeah. and, we decided and, to call it And that's it how it was here. I mean, on Sunday it was 75. It was so beautiful. Then the clouds came in and all of a sudden the wind picked up in the yeah. evening. And then the next day, which was yesterday, it just started snowing. Oh, it's unbelievable. And then I, yeah, I, t- I had two pictures on my phone. One of be- me in the river. And then 24 hours later, me at my house in uh, here in Albuquerque. Mm. Unbelievable. Like, so now, you know, We've got, I had eight, eight inches of snow on my, on my back porch. Mm. It's unbelievable. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. And then it'll be 60 degrees again on this weekend. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah. No, I, Welcome I don't, to the crazy I don't weather. It. Yeah, it's New Mexico. That, well, people say, wherever they live, they say this, though. Like I know, no, but you know what? I remember some years ago, and it was April 4th, and it snowed like five or six inches. The next day was 78 yeah. degrees. Well, you know what's crazy about New Mexico is, I was cleaning off my car this morning, and- the sun was starting to come out finally. Mm-hmm. And no sooner than I was like cleaning off my car, things were melting. Yeah. That's how, like, because of this altitude, the sun burns a little hotter with the ultraviolet rays and all that. And so it's just started melting everything. And you go out now, like there's a little bit of snow out there, but nothing like what we had geez, yeah. 12 hours ago. Well, that's, that's the whole thing here. If you're, if you're, if you're like, say our, our friend up there in Massachusetts. Okay. So mm-hmm. it snows here. Let's say you wake up and there's six inches of snow on the ground by noon. It's usually gone because the sun comes out and it yeah. melts that quick yeah yeah it's true and that and that is one of the like benefits of living in new mexico i think is that uh you, you don't have to if you don't like the weather what do they say <laughs> give it a minute yeah. it'll change no but no see, but like it, like it's true about winter weather like we don't ever suffer winter weather for the length of time that people east of the mississippi do right because by february it starts warming up and you know and stuff well, i mean like you, like you said like we, we get a we had a major winter storm you know, a day ago. Yeah, and it's going to warm up. And, and it's gone. And and you know what's cool is like here we can play golf. I, last, what was it, last Christmas, Christmas Day I played golf. Absolutely. New Year's Day I played golf. Yeah. Um, but do you know what I love here? Because when I when I lived in Indiana, your, your neck of the woods, yeah. I noticed that in the daytime, in the summertime, it's very hot. But at the yeah. at nighttime, in the nighttime, in the evening, it's very hot. Yeah. But here it can be 95, 96 degrees in the day, and uh-huh. then at night it'll drop down to 58 or whatever, yep. right? So you just, you shut your AC off, you fling open the windows Absolutely. and sleep like a baby. Yeah, no, I really, I really do appreciate living here, you know, and I was thinking about this weekend. That's why you want to move to Costa Rica? Well, I didn't say I wanted to move there just yet. I need to go there first. I feel like I need to go oh, there first. Oh, it's beautiful. And then explore it and experience it. And Although, it's an easy trek. I mean, you fly then, from here to Houston, Houston to... Yeah. San Jose, it's that cool. Yeah, no, it would be, yeah, I'm, I would, that's definitely on my list of uh, need to go visits. I, you know, yeah. I could see myself doing something like, uh, 
you know, finding some place to go live and ski for the winter and then find, go, you know, go find a beach. Right. To, but like, you need go money surf. and you don't have any. Well, you just have to keep working in those respective industries. That's all. And then you save enough for the flight. That's all I'm saying. You need a little bit of food. You need enough money for a plane ticket. And then you just, what you do, this is what I figured out is if you want to go do something a lot, figure out how to work in that field. So if you, if you want to, you know, like if you want to mm. surf, figure out a way to go work for a surf, mm. you know, surf school. If you want to go ski a lot, figure out a way to work for a ski school. That's been my program. Mm. And if you want to learn, you know, or if you want to spend time priesting, go become a priest. There you go. Yeah. Well, if you like pumpkin spice antibacterial soap, then go work for Annie's Artisanal Antibacterials. Right. So, hey, listen, we got about 13, 14 minutes. Okay. So, we were going to talk about the hey, uh, uh, the, the, the unfortunate words. Or, yeah. I know it's serious, but uh, yeah. Let's. Uh, so, okay. So, let me let me let me have some two. Let me have two cents here, real quick, about the Pope's words. Um, well, let's. Okay. For for people who might be going. What 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 are they talking about? It was the comments he made recently right. about civil unions, and it was in the context of a documentary called Francesco, which is not an American documentary. It was done in some other country. I forget which one. And uh, But either way... And um, this was an interview he gave about a year and a half ago. It was included in the documentary, and these were words of the Holy Father. They were not like pronouncements. It was not an encyclical. It was not an official teaching of the church happening. It was just an interview where the Pope's you know, riffing on some of his own... Uh, thoughts on the issue of same-sex relationships, so mm-hmm. homosexual relationships, which he did not say. Let's say, let's say, let me just say what he did not say. He did not say that he approves of same-sex marriage. Right. Okay. He did not say that. And I don't know that he said. I mean, to be fair, I'm trying to be very objective and fair here, right? Because people who know me know that I have my rants. <laughs> Shocker. I have my rantings um, and I've already done my ranting about this outside of the podcast. But so I'm trying to be objective and fair. And, and what we can say is this um, objectively and fairly is that he um, in the past has made it very clear that um, especially when he is more official in the more official teaching mode, he's made it very clear that, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman, etc. But what got confusing was in this documentary is it seems like he's speaking more affably about civil unions. In other words, um, government recognized. There should be law to unions between know, protect these, the homosexual the per, people the, the persons. Right. And what is and what, and what ended up kind of coming off as is the Pope basically giving some tacit approval to such <laughs> homosexual relationships or officially recognized unions, right? Mm-hmm. What are called civil unions. Um, and in so doing, then kind of like, you know, almost making it look like the official head of the church was on board with this movement. And in fact, it's not just Catholics who are seeing that. It's it's actually non-Catholics and even people in the homosexual communities that are obviously pro, you know, pro-homosexual uh, unions and pro-civil unions and all that. <laughs> and they even were kind of looking at it as kind of a stamp of approval from the Pope. And that can be, at the very least, this is the problem with it, is it's ambiguous. It's confusing. It causes confusion in the hearts and minds of people who hear those messages when there's not that much clarity. Add to that, this particular, you know, this current Pope's um, reticence 
when it comes to clarifying issues like this one, like he doesn't very often come out with another statement and say, hey, by the way, I know this is causing confusion. I want to make myself clear. I want to clarify this. I want to clear things up. He doesn't do that. He says what he says and he moves on. And I feel like that's, that's a problem because it's causing confusion. Agreed. And I think that's the biggest problem with the whole thing. But see, I don't remember Benedict or John Paul II doing interviews like that. I just remember, you know, them, if they wanted to make a point, they wrote, they wrote encyclicals and then released them and said, you know, here it is. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's yeah. my thoughts. Here's where I'm at. Yeah, no. And I think it, they were probably a little bit more careful. I feel like, um, and I don't know if this is, you know, Pope Francis's personality or if it's his uh, cultural background that allow you know, causes him to be this way, but he definitely is not as careful. I don't think as, um, well, you and know, I think he's Benedict careless and, John, and, and you John know, Paul I know II. he's, he's my Holy father, but yeah, I think he's very careless with his words and, uh, you know, come on, confusing. It's just confusing. People are so confused. Right. So, so confused. Yeah. It, and, and, and that's and I, not a good thing. No, it's not a good thing at all. Right. And then we, we talked about that earlier, right? The, the division uh, does not come from God. Confusion does not come from God. So I don't, you know, can, and here I was explaining this angle. And I don't know. I don't want to, you know, cause more confusion to our listeners by saying this, but, um, and I think, I think I should, I, I should be able to express myself without causing confusion. But my um, reflection was that, look, the Pope is just a man. He's not an angel. Mm -hmm. He's not a glorified human being right. yet because, you know, none of us are in heaven. He is on earth. He's capable of being um, confusing. He's capable of being sinful. He's capable of choosing poorly. Making mistakes. He's capable of making mistakes. Now, can he do that? We believe that in the church he can't. Um, he well, can't, he can't make a pronouncement officially that contradicts, contradicts the faith or right? the law of God. He can't say and it's, tomorrow. And it's, not, he and it's can't, not that he can't try. He can't come out tomorrow and say, I've decided that the sixth commandment no longer applies. He can't do that. He, he could as a human, as a human, he can express his opinion. Well, and he could even, let's say he, let's say he gets dementia or goes crazy or whatever, right? He could stand up on St. Peter's balcony and do that. I think, I think the people surrounding him would try and prevent him from doing that or they would like, you know, mute no, but it mic. would, but it wouldn't stick. It wouldn't, even if he did that, it wouldn't matter. That's the key. That's the key. Now that, and that's, and I think this is what we've gotten confused in our minds as Catholics. And this was the point I was trying to make that, um, it's not that the Pope can't go off the rails because he's a man, he's a human. He certainly could. That we don't believe that the Holy Spirit somehow miraculously prevents him from Dementia. saying stupid things, <laughs> right? There's nothing, we don't actually, this is, but this is what's gotten confused about the, the quote unquote protection of the Holy Spirit in the church. The church, the Holy Spirit doesn't like intervene and like, and like put a divine hand over the mouth of the Pope when he's about ready to say something stupid. It doesn't happen like that. <laughs> he can say stupid things. He can say things that aren't true. Mm -hmm. What we believe is that, is that the, the Pope, the Pope can't contradict the faith in an official way because it takes more than just a Pope to, That's to right. make official pronouncement like, That's right. like that. Well, let me, let me say it a different way. In order for the Pope's words to be legitimate, 
they have to be in conformity with what the church has always believed. Right. Right. So there's a stopgap. There's a stopgap called tradition. So if his words are ever not in conformity to tradition, reaching all the way back to the teachings of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. then we know that's how we evaluate the legitimacy of those words coming from the Pope. Right. That's how we Mm -hmm. measure it. We measure it. We say that Pope said something wrong. Well, how do we know that? Well, because they weren't, those words were not in conformity with the ancient teaching of the church. Now, if he says something right, then we'd say, yes, he's reiterating something that we always have believed. So what do you say to the person who says, well, isn't the Pope infallible? Well, that's a tricky, um, you know, and this, this thing has come up since Vatican I, actually, and we should probably do more study and research about this and the way it was defined in Vatican I. And it's not one of those popular councils because everybody's so stinking obsessed with Vatican II. Well, here's, a lot of other councils, here's, by the well, way. Here's you should my, be reading all of them. But anyway. Here's my answer. Here's my answer. The, he, Pope, the Pope speaks infallibly when he speaks on matters of faith and morals. Right. Just as you do. And, when you say Jesus is risen from the dead, you speak infallibly. Yeah, in, in, exactly. And, and, and in a way that's in conformity with the teaching of the church and in a way that's, and he's only, when he's officially teaching. Like, it's not clear, like in a documentary like this, where... Well, he offers his opinion is his opinion. You know, where he kind of comes up or even riffing on theological subjects does not mean he's teaching officially. So I think one of the pieces that we forget is that he has to be teaching officially in in conformity to the ancient teaching of the church. In other words, to what his role is, is not to change teaching, not to to make teaching like out of thin air, but to reiterate or to help explain that which we already Mm -hmm. believe. So this is clear. If he did say what they're saying, he said, then it's a pure opinion. He's making or he's giving his opinion that there should be a law to protect couples that are in same sex unions. But see, the the same kind of. Yeah, exactly. The same problem would be if you went up into the pulpit on a Sunday as part of your homily, you started riffing theologically about something that had no connection to the official teaching of the church. Mm-hmm. That would cause just as much confusion. Mm-hmm. It would be the same problem. Right, right. Like if you said, um, I don't know, if you were, if you said, you know, I think that we should refer to God as a female because technically speaking, God doesn't have gender and it's just as well to you know, refer to mm-hmm. God as female, as male, like that could get very confusing. Mm-hmm. Right? And it obviously is not in conformity to the teaching of the church, which does say, for instance, in this particular example, that we refer to God as male for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. Right. Number one is, being that Jesus called him father. Not to mention. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. And it's, right? you know, it, it's a number of other reasons that have to do with fatherhood and the, and God's role as father, etc. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that would get very confusing. And yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, you're you're free to have quote unquote opinions, but you can't ever right. officially separate yourself from the teaching of the church. Right. But what I'm saying, too, is that when it comes from the pope, now if a priest says it, then, OK, well, you know, he's got his opinion. But the, when the pope says it, it's like, you know, come on. Well, I still say it's just as bad in either case. But you're right. Because the pope is the supreme pastor and the pastor of one point two billion. Right. But, souls, but and has has cannot... the whole and has every ear on, on this planet listening to. Absolutely. Him, you yeah, know? You can't be causing scandal like that. Not in that role. So now, not I'm not saying he meant to do that. Like, oh, I'm going to go today and cause scandal or 
confuse sure. people, but I just think, you know, because he said, he said things in the past that are, you know, you scratch your head and, you yeah. know, what'd he say, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I think, the, again, another piece of, um, of this that should come forward for us as Catholics is to understand that while um, Jorge Bergoglio, a.k.a. Francis, fulfills this role of Pope, mm-hmm. um, he's, he's just a man fulfilling the mm-hmm. role of Pope, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, I'm the not role, questioning... The role, the role of Pope is not changed by how someone fills the role, right? Like, I shouldn't judge the role, the, the priesthood just on one person's, ex- one priest's example. Like I could, I wouldn't be able to say, I could say, yeah, father Scott lives up to the role of priesthood. Well, he fulfills that role. Well, Jesus, right? that were only true. Huh? Um, mm-hmm. And, and I'm judging you as a, as a man based on how well you fulfill the ideals of priesthood. Now, if you start failing in that example, as a man, I just say, well, he's not, it doesn't change the priesthood. Your, yeah, your good or bad example right. does not change the priesthood. The priesthood exists outside of you. Well, and that you can apply that to other, like the police, you know, okay. In the case of like to the police, there's a bad, there's a bad exactly. cop that doesn't change the, right. the, 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 most, insti- the institution right. of law enforcement is still an ideal. It's still exactly. a good ideal mm-hmm. to keep into place. Mm-hmm. And then these guys can be good examples mm-hmm. of it or bad examples of it. They do their best to fulfill that role nobly. And, and, you know, more often the case than not, they mm-hmm. do a good job of it. Um, but we know bad examples too. Right. Now, just to wrap this up, just so you know, we just want to clarify that the teachings of the church concerning the dignity of marriage between one man and one woman has not changed. Cannot change. Cannot change. It is what it is still. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, that and, was... and by the way, and just for the record, I am in agreement with some of the voices that have, you know, during all of this kerfuffle, um, that have said, um, that the teaching of the church also is that we treat all persons with human dignity. That's right. Love and human dignity. Absolutely. Of course we do. Right. And it's and true. We've said we this don't before with other, with all the other political issues that have come up this year, we've said the same thing. We've said you treat every soul, no matter what color, no matter sexual orientation, you treat, no matter ethnicity, you treat every human person with the dignity that comes with being created by God. And you That's love right. them to the core. That's right does not mean you accept what they do or how they act or what, you know, if it is against God's law, then you must not accept it. But you still love this human being, be knowing that God can convert hearts. Right. And when Francis said that, uh, you know, persons of same sex attraction belong in the family, he's talking about the church. Okay. The, the family of the church. <coughs> Correct. So, well, I mean, I think that's part of the confusion. He needs to clarify what he, what he meant by yeah, saying well, that. We hope that he, that's what he was saying. That's what we would say. Well, that's how I took it. Yeah. Okay, so good, good, uh, good discussion there, Tone. Yeah, Tone. Yeah, good. Hey, Tone, can I call you Tone? Yeah, you can call me. You can call me Tone. Calling you Tone. You can call me Betty. And Betty, when you call me, you can call me Al. Yeah. How's that? Is that how that song yeah. goes? Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. You can call Paul me Paul Simon. Al. Paul Simon. Yeah, one of my faves. He's good. He's one a good musician, faves. anyway. Okay, so uh, does that wrap it up? That's wrapping it up because okay. uh, you know what? We have to eat pasta. Yeah, it's time okay. to go. Hey, donate to our church, sjvnm.org. Go down to donate and donate. Keep uh-huh. us afloat during the pandemic. And we are continuing to raise money to build the church, okay? Very cool. Awesome. Next week, we will look at the uh, gospel for the 31st. Actually, it'll be, no, I'm taking that back. It'll be the Feast of All Saints. 
Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's coming up. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Oh, and now we're not allowed to have mass in inside the church now again. So pray that that ends soon. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I will be letting you know, or, or, you know, people that go to this yep. parish by way of flock note, the days on which we can have mass outside cool. because we can do so. But if I'm telling you, if the wind is whipping, they ain't going to happen. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Tony. Yep. 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 Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seeing the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com dot app slash breadbox.